Welcome to Worthy Radio. I am your host, Shannon Yvette, and we are on this amazing eight-part. We did a long one. It's a long series, an eight-part series, actually all inspired from the book Worthy, which you know is available now uh, directly on Amazon. And you can also visit us on the worthyvisionsite.com, the Worthy Vision, and get in our tribe or come out and see us for one of these nights that we're doing across the nation, a worthy night to celebrate these eight keys and to teach and connect with people. So you can now look to go a little bit deeper in the area of relationships as we dive into key three connections. I'm so excited to get into this key and uh, have you learn this essential because our worth does show up in our relationships. Thank you for joining us for this eight-part series. Welcome to Three Key Connections. Essential three is connection. You know, and I started off by saying this, this is very important. As we explore worthiness, we understand that even in, in having a better value, opinion, connection, intimacy with ourselves and with our creator, it, it will show up in the realm of our relationships. Worthiness always shows up in the realm of our relationships. And I dare say that for many of us, most of our pain and joy in life is in the realm of relationships. Many of us are trying to heal our sense of worth because of relationships. Either that we grew up in where there was verbal violence or spiritual violence by the words that were spoken over us, or where we did not feel loved, we did not feel seen, we did not feel cherished, we didn't feel psychologically visible, we didn't feel validated, we didn't feel safe, we didn't feel nurtured. So many of us have stories of being raised by people who were trying to heal their own demons, their own sense of worth, and so we needed more than what they had the capacity to give us. And yet all these voids, all these holes, all these gaps, are amazing spaces to be filled in and saturated by God's grace. And so when we allow those gaps to be what they are, and we allow the Spirit of God to come in and fill those, it's a beautiful, beautiful space. And we don't have to worry about creating something from really nothing. We're actually in a place to where we we're able to receive from God in a new way because the, the void is there. The void is there. I was watching a show the other day and it said that it was about the, um, the Westminster dog show. And it said the dogs fill a void that we didn't even know we had. They give us so much unconditional love. And it's true. If you're a pet lover, if, if you are an animal lover, you understand that there's something there that feels so safe. Um, and they open our hearts and they soften us and they make us vulnerable and they show us how unconditional love looks. And because we put up with their stuff, my dog used to shed so crazily and we'd be walking around with all this hair on us and he was sloppy and messy and wild. And yeah, we loved every bit of it. And we, and we endured, <laughs> you know, the things that we had to go through having such a large breed of a dog who um, was just, you know, wild and crazy and fun. We endured all of that because of love. And sometimes we don't feel like we're worthy of somebody enduring our mistakes, our flaws, whatever we may label ourselves as. And yet when we start to love ourselves with the compassion and the understanding of grace and unconditional love, we will welcome people into our lives who do the same. And as we continue to increase and have God fill us up, 
we can love people from the overflow, not from need, not from deficit. And yet, let's not get so spiritual that we negate the need for romantic love, that we negate the need to be loved, to be touched, to have human connection, to have a hug, to have somebody sit across from us and say, I understand, I see you. We need it. Our souls are designed for it. God created us to love and be loved. So when we get into essential three on connections, we discover how healthy self-worth really empowers us, not just to set healthy boundaries in our relationship, but to really reposition us to attract and nurture relationships that honor and celebrate and mirror our true worth. Worthiness sets the standard of attraction. I once heard it said uh, in an interview that Marie Osmond had on with Oprah on, um, you know, the old Oprah show, she said that she had gotten into a really difficult relationship dynamic. And I remember Oprah asked her something like, well, how did you, you know, you're America's sweetheart. You're, you're out here in the, you know, on stage, how did you attract this type of person into your life? And we all know that just because you're outwardly desirable or popular, it doesn't mean that inwardly you may not struggle with your own demons of low self-esteem and self-worth. And so Marie Osmond said, you know, I I didn't feel good about myself at the time. And she said, I believe you attract on your level of self-esteem at the time. And this is the man I attracted into my life. And so oftentimes we're looking for something outside of ourselves to reset us in our sense of worth and value. And yet that has to come from within because that's an unfair burden to give to somebody else to determine our sense of worth and value if we haven't seen it for ourselves. All they can do is mirror back to us what we believe about ourselves. Your mate is your mirror. They show you your wounds. They show you what's unhealed. They show you your walls, why you're afraid of intimacy, why you're afraid to be vulnerable. Can you be vulnerable? Can you tell the truth? Can you share your heart? Can you take off the self-protective layers so they show you your walls? They They also show you your worthiness. They show you your worthiness because you end up reflecting back to them and to yourself the value and the beauty of that wholeness in God. And so a genuine romantic love requires a surrender to something greater and higher than ourselves because we're still learning how to love. And so it's beautiful to say, God, love this person through me. You know how to love them in the way they need to be loved more than I do. And yes, we may go to therapy and yes, we may go to counseling and yes, we may go to couples ministry and yes, we may have, you know, talks late at night and try to assess why you're doing this and how I'm doing that. And this is my love language and that's your love language. And we may have all of these things that we do in our human nature. And yet there's a supernatural request that we can make of God simply to say, What if you taught me how to love this person in the way that you know they need to be loved? And what if while I was in this relationship with this person, you kept reminding me of how to love myself? Because if I can have you as source and I can flow love to them through you and I can receive love for myself through you and you're in the middle, then we become a court of three. There's me, you, and them. So there's never a time that I'm far away from my peace, from my power, from the source of all, all, all love that there is. I'm never far away from it because the gurus are going to tell me their opinion on what to do. And the books are going to tell me and the scientists are going to tell me. And I believe all of those things are necessary and needed. But can I get a supernatural, extraordinary love in my own will? (laughs) 
Am I, am I that strong? Or do I need help to learn how to love? Was I loved a little bit less than perfect growing up? Did I have an example of what perfect, unconditional love looked like? No, <laughs> none of us have. So because our deepest need for love is very real, it requires surrender to something greater than ourselves because healthy romantic love is going to feed both partners to keep growing in God. It may not always make you happy, but it will make you holy. It's going to tap you into a level of intuition, a Holy Spirit guidance. It's going to tap you into a level of connection with God when it's your lifetime spiritual partner because they're a mirror to reflect your growth. It's going to deepen you in your boundaries and understanding of when it's time to cut ties, when it's time to go. You know, God is my assignment complete here. Not all love is lifetime love. And yet because we desire the permanence of things, it's hard for us to understand what it is time to let go. And yet when a relationship becomes damaging and toxic and there's no room to grow there and it's affecting your ability to stand in your calling or your purpose, God will always require that we worship in spirit and truth. So the greatest gift that I can give to my relationship and to my God is truth. And the truth is, is that it's time to go. The truth is, is that no matter if it looks like it's time to go, I don't feel released to go. I'm going to stay, right? Nobody can determine that for us. Do we need counsel? Yes. <laughs> Do we need people who are wiser than us in certain areas who can minister to us and mentor us and coach us? Yes. Do we need to support our marriage with trainings or, or, you know, even if we're not married yet, our desire for that with wisdom and understanding. Yes. But ultimately there has to be a source connection. There has to be an ability to surrender this other person over to source, to stop meddling in their lives, trying to control them, trying to dictate, accusing them of what they are and what they are not, whether it's silent accusation in my mind or it is coming out of my mouth as warfare Whatever it is, sometimes it is in my intimacy with God and myself that I'm able to see how to love them better, that I'm able to see where I'm loving from a place of selfishness and need versus source and grace, right? I'm able to see that I'm, I'm putting demands on them based on my old unhealed wounds, or I am sowing love based on the leading of my intuition on the inside, which for me is the Holy Spirit guiding me in a way to create peace for them and peace for myself. Yes, it hurts. Yes, sometimes I feel broken. Yes, sometimes I feel lonely. Yes, sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Yes, sometimes I wonder if God is even here or listening or guiding any of this. And yet all of these things are natural in love. But let me have a foundation on the inside of knowing my value, of knowing my worth, of understanding that the most beautiful human connection that could come together is one that honors God with power, with honor, with grace, with freedom, because true love allows people to be who they are without me putting my selfish agendas on what they should do to perform and please me. We've loved like that. It doesn't work. <laughs> It just creates suffering for us and the other person because God doesn't put his thumb on us and try to make us behave like little robots. He allows us the freedom to choose him, to choose something greater and higher than ourselves to surrender to. And so in that relationship with the divine feminine and divine masculine aspects of our creator, 
we find both the beauty and the pain. We find both the knowing and the unknowing. We find both the certainty and the times that we feel afraid. We find it all. Love is an ebb and flow. It's a trust. It's a, it's a, it's a faith walk. And yet if every day my prayer is God, make me better in love. Show me how to love. Show me how to see myself. Show me how to pray for this person. Show me how to love this person in a way that heals their wounds instead of reinflicts suffering. Show me how to love them. Show me how to pray for them. If my prayer is something higher than myself and higher than that person, I don't make the mistake of making my spouse or something outside of myself my source. When I have authentic communication with God, I'll have authentic communication with you. When I feel worthy and connected to myself, to my passion, to my calling, to my authenticity, I won't make demands on you. I'll let you be because I know how to be. Welcome to our soul work for key three connections. You know, in the book Worthy, there is soul work at the end of every chapter. You actually have five very deep reflection questions with space to journal. So we definitely want to encourage you to get the paperback book if you can. Uh, we've been doing this thing where we just flip it to different pages and there's always a word, but your work, your soul work for this particular key is this question, the answer to this question in your journal um, or, you know, directly uh, in the spirit, just sitting and pondering what it means is in the question is how have feelings of unworthiness affected your relationships and how will you transform this so again how have feelings of unworthiness affected your relationships and how will you transform this so we're excited to be on this eight-part series with you go over to the, the worthyvision.com site where you can join us in our tribe uh, you can join us for one of our worthy nights that we're doing where we're coming to your city san antonio uh, houston Atlanta, Chicago, Toronto. We are going all over the place with this message. So we're excited to see you in your city. You can find out about that uh, on the Worthy Vision page and get the book. We will see you next time for our fourth key, which is compassion. We're going to learn about self-care, taking better care of ourselves. All right, see you guys soon.